I'm, I'm ready. Go. Ding dong, ding <laughs> dong dong. It's the Christmas episode. Two films, too curious. We done a Christmas episode. We watched two movies. We didn't know them, except I knew them, and you also knew them. We watched them, and they made us curious. Two films, two Christmas, curious episode. Nailed it. Yeah. I wrote that all that down. That was beautiful. That was not improvised. Anyways, I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two, two Films, films too, too Curious Christmas episode. Where the two of us watched two movies. Christmas episode. And, and we were curious, curious about. episode, Christmas episode about them. Yes. <laughs> but in the spirit of Christmas, I got you a present. You did? Yes. I got you a present too, but I'm not going to give it to you till Christmas. Oh, I got you one of those too, but I'm not giving it to you that one on the air. This is, this is the thank you for being with me on this journey. And and being on the podcast and it's Christmas time. So here's your Christmas present. <laughs> Open it up and show everybody. <laughs> Look. Can you guys see it? It's Spumante. It's a bottle of Spumante from our unofficial sponsors, Andre Champagne. Ooh, I love that pop. If you are around a bottle of champagne right now, please pour yourself a glass. Those of you who listen to this in the morning, that is not uh, like you're still supposed to pour Make glass. Make yourself a matter. mimosa. Make yourself a mimosa. Exactly. Nothing says 7 a.m. quite like a mimosa because we're going to toast to Christmas time Wait, I didn't and a fresh new bread. year. Well, oh, we got, wait, here we you, go. Got, you got bread over Here's there. Here's a quarter of a loaf of Wonder Bread. Sorry, Mom. With Spumante, I got. Mom. No, because of the Wonder Bread, although I don't think she's a huge fan of Spumante, but. I think that probably goes over a lot better than the Wonder Bread does. Anyways, I got Spumante because, if I remember right, it is higher on your list of favorite Andres. Historically, yes. Yes. Has that changed? I don't know. We're going to find out. All right. <laughs> it's sweeter, to be sure. Uh, yes. I... <coughs> I do remember that it is sweeter. Took a little bit to pour because uh, Tyler and I would never drink less than half a bottle of champagne in one sitting. We, we, yeah, well, I mean, this bottle's empty now. As is the custom. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To two films. To two curious. To two curious. To the lesser of two weevils. To the messenger. To business. To business. That's a good champagne. It is a good no, champagne. No, it's not, but I like it a lot. <laughs> Anyways. For this, our Christmas episode... We watched two movies. We watched Miracle on 34th Street, the original 1940s one, in black and white, not colorized. That's very important. And Dawn of the Dead, the original 1971, not the remake. The the colorized, not the decolorized version. Right. Uh, Less important, but I've not seen the remake, so uh, that's why we watched the original. And uh, our word was consumerism or capitalism. Big, Uh, Big words for this time of year. Yes. Uh, make a buck. Make a buck. Everybody's just make a buck. Um, I actually looked up a little bit on consumerism because I was curious as to making sure that I was saying... like Were you I was too curious? I was too curious. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I wasn't fucking it up. I, yeah, I looked up the definition, too. So. I was surprised to learn that consumerism, at, like to mean high levels of consumption, which is what we're talking about here, only started being used in that fashion as like as early as or as late as nineteen seventy. Like that's when we started saying hmm. it that way. Like before that it was just sort that's of like stank on it. Which right. on Google is the derogatory Ooh. definition. I think that's science for stank. Yep. So I also posted or I also um looked at uh, materialism. Yeah, I mean that that's kinda what we're going for with this right. one. So and they said that uh it it gained popularity the idea of materialism gained popularity predominantly with boomers and Gen Xers. No, which okay. I thought was interesting. That I mean, we're not going back to like the 1920s. We're yeah. talking about specifically this period. Well, so interesting. At a certain point in the 20s, they were not so concerned about materialism. That is the truth. What did you uh, What did you look up about consumerism? I just looked up the definition. Tell us what does a Google say that the derogatory definition is? The derog- That's the number two definition. Is 
the preoccupation of society with the acquisition of consumer goods. Okay. What's the number one definition? First, def the definition is the protection or promotion of the interests of consumers. Ah. So probably it's big business that's using, that started the derogatory term. Yeah. It's almost like they you, you put that, that stank on it because, uh, what, are the, what does a consumer know? They don't know yeah. anything. They know nothing. They know what we, we tell even... them to know. Yeah. So we, we know the interests of the consumer. That's why we put cocaine in Coca-Cola. Uh, that's, that's not why. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to lie. You did it because it was this. just fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. No medicinal purposes. They're <laughs> just like, hey, how can we fuck those people up? We'll do cocaine in our, in our booze. We're going to make full loco, but we're going to call it Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> let's uh, summarize these movies. Uh, we, the first one we watched was Dawn of the Dead. Yes, correct. You're going to summarize so I'll, that? I'll summarize this movie. All right. So this is the second movie in a series of movies by George A. Romero. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is Dawn of the Living Dead? Night of the Living Night Dead. Night of the Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Those are the only ones I've kind of seen, so I haven't. I don't know what happens after that. But this, mm -hmm. So this is not the beginning of a zombie outbreak. We, no. It opens up, and it's been, I guess the official timeline is three weeks. At least in the on the Wikipedia is how long the zombies have been around. Yeah, and it's already. This is kind of the tipping point. We're at an equal amount of humans and zombies kind of roaming the earth at the same time at this point. Okay. Um, but yeah, three weeks into the crisis, millions of people have, despite the National Guard, despite the government, despite scientists trying to help, have started to turn into zombies. Um, Obviously, you got your. It's the classic. If you get bitten by a zombie, you will now become a zombie, assuming they don't then have you and then tear you apart into pieces. Um, so it starts off at a stu television studio in Philadelphia. You have Stephen Andrews and Francine Parker. They're planning to steal the station's news helicopter so that they can escape because they're in a kind of a big metropolitan area which is as everyone knows in all zombie movies so the worst kind of the worst place to Not be a great right. just because of the the density of people that you have there um we get kind of two stories going on at the same time you have that and then you have these two uh swat police officers you have roger demarco and peter washington who kind of meet up the i i didn't know this till i read the summary that roger is friends with steven and he knows that he's coming. Yeah, I think I remember. I think I remember that. Yeah, that I didn't. I didn't. I thought that they just kind of hopped on the helicopter because they happened to be yeah. there. And but I feel like the beginning of that knew movie each is other. a little is a little bit muddy. They're like, yeah, uh, here's the beginning. Okay, now you yeah. got it. This is your setup. Yeah. Once it's set up, once the four characters are together, it's yeah, it, then it's it, yeah. it's a little more simple. Um, they all rendezvous together. They have some close calls with their fuel. They eventually stop. Um, and find that there's like barely any fuel at some of these airports because these smaller, smaller airports are the people that already have planes have already left. Like, right. no one's sticking around for the zombie outbreak. Um, they have some altercations with the zombies there. Everyone makes it out okay. No one get, gets bitten or anything. Eventually, they come upon a mall. Um, they bust in through the roof because they're, they're in a helicopter, obviously, land on the roof, bust in. They kind of scout out the mall. They realize that they can really, as long as the zombies don't find their way to that roof little, like, loft area, they're pretty set. Like, they can right. run down and get supplies as they need to. Um, it was, like, some sort of, like, shelter thing. So there's a ton of, like, freeze-dried yeah. food. But it's, I guess there was probably for, they may have even started stocking that be after the zombie outbreak happened. But then eventually everyone, everyone in the mall is a zombie. There's no, there are right. no other humans in there. Um Eventually, they come up with this kind of idea to block off all the entrances to the mall using these big semi trucks, and then, and then, kind of systematically killing all the zombies in the mall <clears throat> once they bust into like the, the gun store. Right. Which, you know, this if you didn't know this took place in like the seventies. There's gun stores <laughs> in malls. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a you know hardware stores in a mall that doesn't really happen so much anymore either. Yeah. This is your classic kind of peak consumerism mall right. really They're not out here selling lawn mowers at neiman marcus um do they sell lawn mowers at maybe i don't know they sold steaks at sharper image they so. did sell steaks sell steaks at sharper Trump image. steaks right i don't know but it's tough to say they did sell steaks at sharper image maybe not that tough anyways 
Um, Peter and Steven cover access to the stairwell as well. So like, they basically make it look like it's just part of a wall. Yeah. So that if any other people stumbled in here or zombies they didn't know about made their way up, they're not going to like walk up the stairs into where they are while they're sleeping or something like that. Right. Um, Roger has kind of a near-death experience. He starts going a little loco. Uh, he does get bitten while they're doing this operation, move all the semi-trucks into the um, area. He gets bitten, I, if I recall, again. Or, no, that they, they just grabs his leg and, and yeah. messes up his wound. But you can see his slow kind of decline over the course of several days. He's he's going to turn into a zombie. And it's I like it because it's in this movie, it's not a, like a, no, 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 we can save him, it's okay. Or he didn't right. tell anyone he got bit. And then, he, oh, he transformed. Like they, His friend is like... I'm going to have to kill him when he changes. I know that. I'm, yeah. I'm just waiting for it to happen. I'm not going to kill him before then. I can't do that. Um, so he dies. They, The three remaining just kind of live their own little, as it says on the Wikipedia summary, hedonistic lifestyle. Yeah. They just kind of live it up because it's just them in the mall. They can do whatever they want. All the right. zombies are gone at this point. Um, eventually on their little radio, well, I guess I should say at a certain point, all TV and radio communications stop. Basically, they're assuming that the whole government's been overthrown, that zombies have taken over everything at this point. Right. Um, they get a radio from these nearby people that have seen the helicopter coming up and and coming back down again. Yeah. And they're like, hey, how many guys you got? We want to share supplies. We want to be, like, friends. But they don't respond because they know that, obviously, these... It's like a biker gang. Right. Obviously, it's not good characters, and they don't want to share with anyone else. Right. I mean, they want to share with themselves. Yes, yes. (laughs) For the most part. They move the semi-trucks, semi-trucks, they bust in, a bunch of zombies get into, initially, the bikers are running like laps on these zombies, just killing them left and right, just fucking with them almost, they don't even really see them as a threat, Uh, but eventually, the zombies start to outnumber the bikers. They kill a bunch of the bikers. The bikers and the last two guys are fighting while Francine is just kind of... At this point, she's pretty pregnant. Right. Um, Is just kind of hiding up in the area, the main area. Eventually, her friend... I've been bad with names this whole time. Steven, her name... I mean, they don't really say their names in it. No, in fact, they just call Steven Flyboy a lot. Yeah. The helicopter pilot uh, gets bitten, and and he turns as well. So it's really just two people left. They're up on the roof. They know that that it's like it's it's time we have to leave. That now it's being overrun by zombies. Half the bikers have left. Half of them are now zombies too, or they got eaten by zombies. Right. In this last scene, the he's the guy sends the girl. He's like, "All right, get in the helicopter." He, Flyboy taught her how to fly the helicopter too. Right. He's like, "I'm I'm not leaving. I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm done. done I'm tapped out. Yeah." Sits there, he's gonna kill himself. Just, I thought he, I thought he was gonna kill himself or yeah. let himself get killed by the zombies. The last, the last possible minute has a change of heart, gets on the helicopter, and they, they fly away. But I'm told now that this movie is why all these tropes exist. Yeah, it's like uh, going to a mall in a zombie movie. Yes, yeah. that's a classic in games and movies and everything. George Romero did a lot for the modern representation of zombies, like. <clears throat> zombies before that were all still like it was like voodoo or hoodoo yeah. it was all spiritual um and i don't think they dispute that in dawn of the dead or at the very least they talk about it potentially being that um but the idea of a zombie as we know it really comes from night of the living dead and who is it kevin christian or is it the other guy that does that video kevin christian that? has a video about okay yeah, about, so, uh, about Romero's... Uh, his is, it, that video is about copyright. Yeah, because yeah. the, the lack of copyright on Night of the Living Dead is why is what... zombies are so prevalent and why they look like these zombies. So, But that's a... Um, also, actually, interestingly enough, I don't know if this is one of your fun facts, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, um, <clears throat> but the two people that did Night of the Living Dead sort of branched off and did two different series. So George Romero did Night of the oh. Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead... Diary of the Dead. And Diarrhea of the Dead. Diarrhea of the Dead is very weird. <laughs> and they ate all that flesh. It can't be good for it's you. It's not. It just God. goes right Bacteria. through you. Right through you. 
Um, but the other guy did Night of the Living Dead, and then like Return of the Living Dead, and then like Rise of the Living Dead, and so his all follow the of the Is Living Dead Star Wars? thing, and then yeah, it's very weird. Revenge the last of the Living, of the living dead. dead, Attack of the Living Dead. Anyways, so I've not seen any of that other branch, but apparently they're funnier, and I don't know. Okay, if that's so what they're made for. to be yeah. funny. Yeah, I don't know. If, okay. I don't know. We'll try it eventually, but maybe not here. Anyways, uh, my movie was Miracle on 34th Street, my absolute favorite Christmas movie ever, ever. So uh, Miracle on 34th Street starts with a very Santa Claus-looking man walking down the street, and there's a, it's Thanksgiving Day, and he sees this shopkeeper that's like, uh, like setting up the reindeer on his Santa display. And this Santa Claus-looking man is like knocks on the window and he's like, "Hey, man! Like, I'm I'm not trying to buy anything. I know you're closed today, but I just want to say you're fucking it up. Like, these reindeers don't go in this order. This is like." And he, he, the guy's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "I'm Santa Claus. I would know." And he's like, "Okay, champ." And then Santa Claus walks away. Uh, but then you see that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is going on, and Mrs. Walker, who's in charge of it, is just being like, "Man, this is a hassle, but it's my job, and we're gonna get it done. And we're gonna get it done good." Uh, and Santa walks by and sees the guy that's supposed to be Santa struggling with his whip. Um, and he goes over to be like, oh, I can help him out. And he goes over and he, he's Which like... hat's done. Yeah, yeah, like, check it out. It's all on the wrist. you got to do it like this. And then he sees that the other Santa, the guy playing Santa, is drunk. And the real and, Santa's and drinking. like... drinking. Yeah, he's... actively <laughs> drinking. Yeah, the, the real Santa's like, oh, this is not okay. And so he goes and he finds Mrs. Walker and he's like, this is shameful. Your Santa is drunk. He's actively drinking here at this parade. These kids are waiting for his Santa. This is inappropriate. And she goes over, and, like, they, they try and work it out, and the guy's, like, passed out. And and he he was, like, they're, like, ultimately, Mrs. Walker's, like, hey, will you be Santa? And he's, like, oh, I can do that, yeah. And so he gets up on the thing. Don't and, you know who I am? Right. <laughs> he gets up on the thing, and he's amazing. He's flawless as Santa. And we know this because Mrs. Walker goes home even before the parade really starts. Uh, her co-worker is, like, like, that Santa looks great. And she's, like... I'll fucking tell you tomorrow. Like, don't even don't even talk to me about him right now. <clears throat> um, and uh, her daughter is actually with their across the hallway neighbor in their apartment complex watching it. Her daughter's like, like all matter of factly about this stuff, and like the he's she's young, and the the other guy, the the neighbor is like, don't you believe in Santa Claus? And she's like, that guy's fake, fake as shit. Yeah. Um, and we're checking the beanstalk, and she's like, like, fake. Yeah, giants are fake. Make believe is fake. And then I'm so, a real football team. Right, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, but then uh, Mrs. Walker comes over, and uh, you you find out uh, through a very cute scene with uh, Mrs. Walker's daughter, Susan, uh, that Mr. Gailey, the across-the-hallway neighbor, just really wants to meet Mrs. Walker and gets invited to their Thanksgiving dinner. And she's like, did I ask all right? And he was like, I guess that depends. And she's like, fucking fine, come over to Thanksgiving dinner. And he's like, you asked great. It was wonderful. <laughs> Uh, the next day, she gives uh, that Santa, she gives Santa a job being the, the mall Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, Macy's. At Macy's. Yeah, sorry, not the mall Santa, the Macy's Santa. And he's like, absolutely, I'm equal to the task. And he, he brings his own suit because he loves it. And as he's sitting there getting he's ready. He's the real Santa. Right, he's the real Santa. Um, as he's getting ready, he gets uh, the, the head of the toy department, um, Mr. Oh, I don't remember now. Um, is uh, he's he gives them a list of toys that like these are the toys that kids that we're that, pushing. Like, we're pushing. If a kid doesn't know a toy, read him one of these. And Santa Claus is like, that's fucked up. And the other guy is with him. The janitor is like, yeah, man, fuck that shit. Um, and so like Santa is there being Santa Claus, and like this kid comes up and he's like, I want this toy. And his mom's like, ain't nobody got that fucking toy. I don't know where it's at. And Santa's like, yeah, like, hey, Santa, wink, wink. Right. Push him somewhere else because yeah. I can't find that toy. And Santa's like, oh, no, no, you're going to get that toy. And the mom's like, what the fuck, Santa? And he's like, hey, look, I wouldn't tell you that he could have it if I didn't know. And he's like, you should take him to this place. And the head of the toy department is like, what the fuck? But then the lady comes up and he's, she's like, listen, this is a great stunt. Like, I don't know why you guys are doing it, but send me to another store because you guys don't have what I want. Like, I wasn't normally a Macy's person, but now I'm a regular Macy's customer. So, like, he's like, okay, well, like, some people are liking it, but we now we got to see if Mr. Macy likes it. Mr. Macy's like, no, this is Aces. We're absolutely going to be doing this all over our store. Like, we need to get ads for all of the other stores. If we don't have what they're looking for, send them somewhere else so that people know that we're being helpful. 
while this is happening, Susan comes in the line to meet Santa Claus because uh, Mr. Gailey is going to bring her to Mrs. Walker. And uh, Santa's like, oh, hello. And she's like, hello, I'm Susan. You know, my mom hired you. And he was like, oh, okay. And she's like, I just want to see, like, you don't, your beard doesn't have one of those straps. And he's like, oh, because it's my real beard. And she's like, oh, that's neat. Um, she's like, well, you're, you're very, you're much better than the last Santa. It's like, cause it's cause I am Santa. And she's like, okay. Um, and then Susan, like, or Mrs. Walker sees and she's like, no, I'm not okay with this. And tells Mr. Gailey. And while they're doing that, Susan is watching the next family. And it's this little girl who's just been adopted and she's Dutch and she doesn't speak English. And the, like her adoptive mother is like telling this to Santa and Santa immediately starts speaking Dutch to this girl and is like, oh, like has a whole conversation and they sing a song. And like you can, you get, you, you imply from the conversation that like she's so happy with her, her family and she's so happy to be here and she's just having a great time. And Susan is like, oh my God, this is crazy. And so she starts getting this idea that it might be Santa. Um... And so uh, Mrs. Walker calls Santa in and was like, hey, please tell my daughter you're not Santa. And he's, he's like, I am Santa. I really am. That's who I am. And she's like, mm, okay. And she asks her secretary to get his employee card and she pulls it out. And it's like it's, one, two, it's three, Chris North Kringle, Pole, right, Chris yeah. Kringle. My <laughs> next of kin are Dasher, Dancer, Pantser, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donder, and Blitzen. Like, and so she's like, okay. And she sets him up to talk to, or she, she fires him. And that's actually when they go upstairs and Mr. Macy's like, no, this Santa is fucking aces and we're going to do this thing. And she's like, oh, shit, I just fired him. She comes back downstairs and she's like, I'm sorry. We don't want to fire you. We want you to stay on. But you need to go talk to, like, our on-staff psychologist. The on-staff psychologist is a fucking joke. He's the worst. I hate him. And he's the worst. Yeah. Um, and he he's, like, talking to Santa. And Santa's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do all of these things. I know how to do it. Oh, you're biting your fingernails. You're being nervous. And, and the psychologist's like, this is not about me. It's about you. And he's like, okay. And he leaves. And the the psychologist goes back to talk to Ms. Walker and the head of the toy department and is like, this guy's a fucking, like, he's a quack, and he might explode at these children. And, like, they call the therapist that at the at the old folks' home that Santa's staying at, and the guy's like, he's not going to do any of that. He's fine. He's maybe delusional, but he's fine. Anyways, all of these things happen. And ultimately, Santa, like, the, the therapist says something, and Santa goes to talk to him, and he's like, you're a joke, and you need to stop doing this. And he hits him on the head with his cane. And the therapist, like, way plays that up and gets yep. them to fire Santa. After, like, Macy's and Gimbel's have had this whole thing where they're being good now. Um, and so they fire him, and uh, Mr. Gailey, the across-the-hallway neighbor, is a lawyer and decides that he's going to defend Santa against this wrongful termination suit. And the like, the state of New York is like, well... well and, and, and Santa purposefully fails right, the psychological the psych evaluation. evaluation. Right, they're like, yeah, so we got to prove that he's not because crazy. Because now he even thinks that he's like well people don't believe in me anymore i can't get through to right i just don't care anymore like i'm just gonna right so then the like the courts are like well we can't we can't say that they fired him wrongfully if he's saying he's santa and his lawyer's like well what if we prove that he's santa and i'm like ah fuck (laughs) and so they like interview the district attorney's son who's like yeah my dad told me he's santa um, and they're like, this is like, we can produce just as many witnesses that say he's not Santa. And so, um, Susan writes a letter to Santa being like, I believe you now. And Mrs. Walker actually signs it and says, I believe you too. Um, and Susan addresses it to the courthouse and it, the mail comes in and like all the people in the post office are like, Hey, we've got all of those Santa letters in the dead letters office. Wouldn't it be great to get rid of them? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, let's take them to Santa Claus. He's at the courthouse. And so they send all these letters there. And then, so, uh, Mr. Gailey is like, this is like the post office is a branch of the U S government an unimpeachable branch of the U S government. They just delivered all of this mail to the Santa Claus. Thousands and thousands of letters. This is the Santa Claus. And so the court is like, okay, fine. This is a way that we can get rid of this case that is fine. And, and also not yet not be the guy who's, who put Santa Claus On in trial. jail. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so they leave, and Santa invites them. Like, it's Christmas Eve that night, and Santa <clears throat> invites them all to, like, his, his uh, group home the next day for Christmas Day. 
earlier on in the movie, Susan had said that she wanted this house, like this full-blown house for Christmas. And Santa's like, I don't know about that. And she was like, I know you couldn't get it. And he's like, that's not what I said. Anyway, so they get to the home and like all these people get gifts. And Susan's like, my gift's not here. I thought there would be like a note or something. And Mrs. Walker's like, Susan, you have to believe. Believing is about thinking it's true even when logic tells you not to. Like you have to believe. And she's like, okay, okay. And Santa's like, I'm guessing she doesn't want to talk to me, and I understand that. But hey, take this route home. It's scenic, and you'll miss the, all the traffic. And they're like, okay. And they take the route home, and then part the way on the way home, Susan's like, oh my god, it's it. Stop the car, stop the car. And they get out, and she's like, this is the house. And they're like, don't fucking go in other people's houses. And the guy's like, well, I guess it's for sale. Like Mr. Gailey was in, and, and Ms. Walker's like, well, I guess we can go take a look. And they get inside, and like Susan's like, I need this house. This is our house. And, we yeah, need to live this here. This is what I imagine. Right, this is exactly what it's got a tire swing and everything. And Mr. Gailey's like, well, she wants it, and it is for sale. Uh, and he looks, and Santa's cane is there, and he's like, Jesus Christ, he is the real Santa Claus. <laughs> so, that's uh, that's Miracle on 34th Street. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, and I highly encourage you watch it. No, it's not on Netflix. It's on Disney+. Plus. I highly oh. encourage you watch it. Is it in black and white on Disney+. Plus? I don't know, I didn't check because I was afraid. <laughs> uh, but it's amazing. So, maybe you recommend to watch it on Disney+, Plus, depending on whether or not... <laughs> right, if it's black and white, watch it on Disney+. Plus. You know what, ultimately, I guess, I, if you watch it colorized, it's fine. But color movies existed at that, at that time. They chose to make it in black and white on purpose. It's a movie mm-hmm. that should be shown in black and white, not colorized. Anyways, we'll move on. So, those are the two movies we watched. Do you have any fun facts for us? I have many, many fun facts. Good, because I don't have very many. <laughs> so, Miracle on 34th Street received a B rating from the highly influential Legion of Decency. Oh. B means morally objectionable in part because Maureen O'Hara plays a divorcee. Yeah, we can't <laughs> have that in our society. <laughs> Which I just thought was... That is odd. I mean, this movie came out in '47, right? Yeah. I so I, I, I disagree, but I understand where they're why, coming from. Right. Yeah. You get why. The, you get why I they understand would have why said in '47 they would say that. Right. But they're assholes for doing it. Yeah. Exactly. In the untranslated dialogue with the Dutch girl. Ooh, I'm very excited to hear this. I've never heard. Santa asks the child what she wants for Christmas. She says she wants nothing, telling Santa she got her gift when she was adopted by her new family. That's so sweet. <laughs> That's why she says Neeks. Neeks is the only word I know in Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas, yeah, that's, a, that's an easy one. Ugh. That made me cry all over again. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So, the next one I, I like too. Both the actual Macy's and Gimbel's department stores were approached by the producers for permission to have to be depicted in the film. Both stores wanted to see the finished film before they would sign off on it. <laughs> Of course they did. Of course they did. If either make store a had buck, make a buck, if either store had refused, they would have had to like reshoot the and redub thing. a lot of the movie. Incidentally, the the remake, the newest remake, mm-hmm. is not real stores on purpose. I think because they didn't want to go through that rigmarole. Another which makes why sense. Make is bad. Well, fortunately, at the test viewing, both businesses were pleased and signed off on it. I would have thought that they would be like it, yeah. it paints them in a pretty okay light, all things considered. Yeah, it it. it Gimbal is at the beginning of the movie the bad guy, quote unquote, as like the, the Gimbal right, department store. Right, because we're star, on the side of Macy's. Only Macy. because right. Santa Claus is at Macy's. Right, but you see him be just as They're good the same, and yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the scenes at Macy's were shot on location at the actual store on Thirty oh. Fourth Street itself. Um, shooting was complicated because the crew's power needs exceeded the store's electricity capacity. Wow. So they had to have additional power sources in the store's basement <laughs> to be ordered to be able to film yeah. everything. And then my last one, which oh, you're a film purist, did you know that? I'm a film purist. The it was one of the first that. films to be colorized in 1985, resulting in some controversy and an uproar from film purists. Huh? You know what I learned on the fun facts? The Blu-ray says a new colorized version. There's no colorized version on the Blu-ray. <laughs> There's only the black and white. So it's it's new decolorized. Yeah, the image. I think they were saying that the front <laughs> image is newly colorized. 
Maybe, I guess. Because <laughs> the DVD box is colorized, but the movie itself is not. That's that's weird. That's all my miracle. Do you have any miracle on 34th Street things? Uh, no, I already said mine. Okay, that was, that was yeah. your thing? Well, I didn't know that there was a remake in the 70s, I think. Oh, I, that seems there was a, early. 30 years yeah. seems early for... Well, no, I, I mean, mean, we're remaking all the 80s movies now, so... Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. But, like, yeah, I, 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 I was just surprised because I've never heard of that one. Like, I knew about the 2000s. Is it 2000s? I, I heard about the newer one because mm-hmm. it's got the girl from Matilda. Oh, okay. I think. Mara Wilson. Playing Santa Claus? Very, very <laughs> progressive choice. Wow. No, um, and the kid is, uh, doesn't speak Dutch. The kid is <laughs> deaf and signs in the newer one, which is also wonderful and beautiful. But I didn't know there was a middle one, so. Huh. I wonder what they what the little girl speaks in that one. Klingon. <laughs> We're in the height of yeah of Trekkies. Low Valyrian. She spoke Low Valyrian. Weird. Yeah. She must and have been disappointed with how that show ended. Like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking true. Jesus, that's a podcast I'm never gonna do. Go through each episode of Game of Thrones. Anyways, uh, actually, this might be an important time to note. If somebody is in the market for all of the good seasons of Game of Thrones with the Best Buy slipcovers, uh, let Special me know. Special edition? Special edition, limited edition, Blu-ray, Best Buy slipcovers. Uh, hit up one half of two films to Curious and we can uh, have You can even hit me up and I'll, I'll point you in the direction. He will, he will. <laughs> Anyways, you've got a Dawn of the Dead fun facts? Now I have five Dawn of the Dead fun facts. Ooh. Uh, the first is that the two, so when they go to the airport in the beginning of the film, yeah, two like little girl zombies attack one of the characters. These are the only movie, the only zombies in any of George A. Romero's dead films that run and don't do the zombie shuffle. Huh. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> filming took place at the Monroeville Mall during the winter of 78 to 77 to 78 with a three-week reprieve during the Christmas shopping season. Um, this, I just, I didn't even think about, obviously they didn't build a set for a mall. They filmed in an actual mall. Yes. That filming began around 10 p.m. after the mall closed until about 6 a.m. The mall didn't open until 10.30, but at 6, the music came on and no one knew how to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why the music plays in the mall. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, this is all in one paragraph, so it still counts as one fun fact. Yeah. Um, Savini, who did the makeup and was also the one of the biker guys in the film, mm-hmm. um, he says he remembers making up the zombies, and then they would go to a bar that was nearby and drink. Uh, everyone agreed that this helped with their performances. <laughs> At one point, drunk zombies caused damage. They stole a golf cart and crashed it and cost $6,000 to like some marble sculpture <laughs> of damage. <laughs> this one I love because I would have done this for any one of these things. I would have done this for none of these things. Extras who appeared in the film were reportedly given $1 in cash, a donut, and a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that That's kind of what they did for, uh, if you were an orc at the Battle of Helmsteep, right? You got a shirt that says, I, oh, yeah. I was an orc at the Battle of Helmsteep. Because they, they shot for like 80 days or something. Jesus. Like the, the, of night shoots in Helm's Deep was yeah. was bonkers. Um, I kind of already went over this one, but George A. Romero describes this as the balance point in the series where humans and zombies are in equal numbers. Okay, yeah. I had I, I remember when you had said that, but I, I don't think I remember knowing that before we talked about it here. Mm-hmm. And the last one is that Galen Ross refused to scream during the film. She felt that Fran was a strong female character, and if she screamed, her strength would be lost. I really like that. She actually. told this to George A. Romero once, who then, when he told her to scream, and he never asked her again. Wow, good for him. You know, George Romero seems like a real stand-up guy when it comes to things like that. Yeah, this especially with the, uh, in his films, like the race relations. Yeah. Not that even like in Night of the Living Dead, there it's obviously a lot of negative race connotations, but he put those in because he is aware how fucked up these things are. Yeah. And not because he put them in because he thinks that's the way it is. Right, no, he yeah. He put them in to highlight these these 
prejudices that people have that are completely unfounded. Yeah. He's a, he's a stand-up guy. And he worked for Mr. Rogers. Maybe that's why that's probably why he's a stand-up guy. I mean, that's guy. probably a contributing factor, to be sure. <laughs> I I had a fun fact about Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I mean, obviously, the idea that that the zombies are a satire of consumer culture. I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute yeah. anyways. But that was a, a, a thing that they highlighted heavily on the TV Tropes thing. Um, oh, the end credits song. Oh, yes. Is also the end credits <laughs> song for Robot Chicken. Because I this, <clears throat> this was a fact I didn't put on here. They pulled from, like, things that weren't copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. After we talked about it, I went and looked it up again. I'm like, oh, that's... I, I, like, I knew that I knew that, and I forgot... And it's why actually so much of that other so much of the soundtrack shows up in other things too, because other artists can sample it without fear of recourse, which yeah. is neat. Um, one of the songs shows up in the intro to the Gorillas album "Demon Days." Yeah, that's the so that's the album too. Yeah. Uh, can't remember what I was gonna say. I think I don't really have any other fun facts for Dawn of the Dead. Um, except to say that, uh, oh, I guess this is kind of a fun fact. Uh, the only remaining alive person that has, uh, distribution rights for it will not give them away except for an obscene amount of money because he's trying to recoup losses from the 3D version he released. Oh, no. (laughs) Which is why it is impossible to find on physical media, especially in a Region A release. Uh, there's a company in England that's putting out a version. They haven't yet, but they're going to, and it will probably be a Region B release. And there's a really good chance that that's what's going to push me over the edge to buy a region-free Blu-ray player. But, mm-hmm. like, as, as we were watching it, my DVD crapped out, and we had to find it on YouTube, and we would not have been able to find it really anywhere else. Because yeah. it's just... it's My DVD version is going for $60 right now on Amazon. So... There you go. Fun fact. It's one of the things that, along with the Blu-ray of Apocalypto and uh, Primer, are the low-grade, expensive things that show up on DVD collecting sites as like, hey, I found this thing, and people are like, oh, fuck. And the DVD for Periscope Down. Yes, Down Periscope. Down Periscope, yeah. yeah. Incidentally, fun fact, my dad can never get the direction and order of those words where he talks about it. He's seen the movie many times. He loves it and he owns it. But he's like, uh, oh, Kelsey Grammer, uh, Periscope, uh, up Periscope, right? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Kelsey Grammer, down Periscope. All right, 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 right. Periscope left. Periscope left. <laughs> so, uh, similarities and differences. Uh, both of these movies are Christmas movies. Well, I was going to say, I mean. You saw, you heard, they yeah. filmed during Christmas. They did. They had to have a hiatus for Christmas break. There's an interesting difference. Dawn of the Dead filmed during Christmas time. Yes, not there we go. A Christmas movie, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, not filmed during Christmas time, and came out in May. <laughs> I read that the trailer for Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street did yeah, not mention had, Santa. Had no mention of Christmas at all. In it. But the movie was so wildly successful that it played in theaters through Christmas. Oh, yeah, it lasted that long. Well, I mean, they used to last a long time in the theaters. Yeah, anyways, they used but, to play for months and months. Yeah. Uh, no, but both also feature, um, things that we in current society might consider mythological, but, uh, we are led to believe that they are not fake. Zombies and Santa? Yes. I say some considered because I know people, many people from our generation that believe that the zombie apocalypse is a potentiality. And I, also, I believe in Santa Claus. So I believe in Santa Claus. I read the Zombie Survival Guide, and I understood that it was humor. Ah, I have a friend who read the Zombie Survival Guide and did not understand that it was humor. And, and no, it's all it's He's all it's all guy. solid advice for some kind of post-apocalyptic sure. situation. When he talks, all the stuff he talks about about growing crops and how to have these little, like how to have a society with the, the democracy and all this shit. But it, but the fact that the zombies is humor. It's right. little tongue in cheek humor. So it's really, it's a good, some kind of like post apocalyptic survival guide that's wrapped in the funny guise of zombies. Right. It's like I mean I guess it's a parody of the what's the worst case scenario guide. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember when like they were coming out with the other funny versions of that, like the worst case scenario golf guide and stuff like that. I have the Alien Survival Handbook. Yeah, that's written by the same guy too and stuff. So, but no, my buddy, my that actually scared me though. I had nightmares after I read that. Really? When I was like a late teen. I had nightmares after I read. I've had uh, a lot of nightmares about aliens. This is a topic for a different podcast when we watch an alien movie. <laughs> right. But... Well, the next time we have a guest, we're going to watch an alien movie, and she will probably it's be very interested to know all the about the alien movie. Yes, Alien. Right? Are we doing Alien or Aliens? Alien. Alien. alien yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, I like Aliens. That's we're super off topic, but <laughs> I like Alien better than Aliens. I like Terminator better than Terminator Two. I like Miracle on 34th Street better than Miracle on 35th 35th Street. Street. (laughs) I like Night of the Dead better than Dawn of the Dead. You know? (laughs) You got any similarities and differences? Um, Really, kind of a major difference is that one is an action movie. Yeah. I like, like, and Dawn of the Dead, it's because it's already weeks into the zombie apocalypse. This is like, it starts right in the action. Yeah. You have this kind of brief little news intro, and then next thing you know, you're watching this SWAT team bust into a building. I learned this that they bust into the building because they people in that building have not been listening to martial law, that they have to turn over all dead bodies. Right. And that's why they bust in. They're having to kill people that have guns, that are just regular people, and then also all the zombies that are now coming out of that building and being zombies. Yeah. That you're you're going right into all right now we're shooting people, it's just it's a it's a it's quick into the action on that one is that's the first thing I wrote is you get right <laughs> into the action with this movie yeah for sure in fact almost in a way that's confusing at 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 parts yeah. the beginning of that movie it can can be confusing if you're not I find the beginning of that movie less confusing now because I've seen the whole movie and yeah I know where it's valid. going yeah when we were watching it I was like I don't know what's going what's where's going what yeah (laughs) basically yeah i think that another difference is that dawn of the dead has a very defeatist attitude for consumerism yes it's a it's a negative yeah interpretation of consumerism. miracle on 34th street cautions us from having problems from that type of consumerism it's it's warning us against it but it also hints at the ability something that i think I mean, I'm not a politician, I'm not an economist, and I'm not a CEO of yet. a company yet. I mean, I guess I'm... Am I the CEO of our company? I mean, you have... I'm the one that has access to the to Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> yeah, you really are. Um, but... Uh, At the very least, you're the CFO. Right. Um, they I, The idea that businesses can be almost guilted into doing the right thing if we can make the consumers vote with their money in that fashion. If we can have consumerism in the first definition. Right. 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 The protection of interests for the consumer. The number of companies that, like, are advertising, like, we do green shit because they know that people are going to spend a couple of extra bucks on green shit. And so they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can make money if we start to, you know, be green. So, things like that. I think that that's going to make some green gonna by make being green. green. By being green. Incidentally, we here at Two Films Too Curious try really hard to keep our power costs very low. <laughs> We're very we are green. green. We are green in that regard. Also, I think it stems from a, a popular adage that, that I have said before, that you like it cold and I like it cheap. <laughs> that's why we keep our power costs low. <laughs> So, yep. Uh, do you have any other similarities or differences? Yes, and it seems, it seems that this is mostly in Donna Dead, but I think it's also a little bit in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, that a person is smart, but people are dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's a Men in Black line. Oh, I didn't. Even, I, didn't I always even forget. Like I say, it, that. I yeah. say it a lot. I'll be like, a person is smart. People are dumb, mindless animals. But uh, Tommy Lee Jones says it in Men in Black. I was watching Men in Black again, oh, and I saw it. And huh. I'm like, oh, my God. That's where I got that from. I thought it was just profound. <laughs> <coughs> Lies. I'm not. I just copy movies. So. Dawn of the Dead is, it, it, it shows that, like, a person on their own is, right. is even with the, in regards to zombies, kind of intelligent about it. They know, you can't let this, I can't let this zombie bite me. I can't right. let it get close to me. Once they all sort of realize what's going on, all four of the people are pretty... 
smart about cognizant it. Yeah. about what's going on. Except for your boy when he has this near death experience and kind of just yeah. goes off the rails a little bit. He's like <coughs> laughing and jumping through <coughs> from yeah like vehicle to vehicle and just he gets he gets cocky and he gets he's just and not f- cautious about it. Flyboy is like that a little bit at the beginning. He's he feels like he's being flexed on because the other people are like, oh no, we can do this and you can't. But it's because they can do it, and it's because he can't. they're SWAT officers, right. and, and Flyboy, and that's why he misses several times. Right, like the number of times he's shooting a gun, and then um, the one that gets cocky, whose name I can't remember, keeps like pushing the gun out of the way, and then like pff, one, one hit killing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right that that does show up on Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street as well a little bit that. The people are angle. A person is angling for what is best, and people maybe not dumb, but yeah. um, apathetic. Yeah, part and of the reason people, why in that movie people are apathetic. Yeah, it's it's why Santa he he talks about how that family is a test case for him. That if right. he can win them over, then you know the spirit of Christmas can win over consumerism. But if he can't, which ultimately when he thinks that he's not making any progress, is when he's like. Well, I guess I'll just live in this psychiatric ward for the rest of right. my life. Like I'm not <clears throat> obviously I, if I can't get through to them, I'm not going to be able to get through to anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I have very many uh, similarities and differences left. I don't, I don't. I don't have that many, and it's it. It's more differences. I guess another similarity is just that, and because. Department stores are associated with malls. I know that. Right. And at one, at one point in time, at this point in time, while we're, t- we're talking about Miracle on 34th Street, is <coughs> they're separate. A department store right. is, is a thing. That's and malls not weren't really. In a mall, yes. Malls weren't really a th- there a thing. yet. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but that's that. Until later. But it, it's the same idea. It is a mall, essentially. It's mm-hmm. all these different areas, these different kinds right. of shops. Huge, huge. All owned by Macy's, all operated by Macy's. Yeah. But. You can get toys. You can get clothes. Right. You can get probably guns. Right. I mean, they don't yeah. show it, no, but I mean, probably but you like anything. You can get anything at these stores. They're department yeah. stores because the idea was at that time it wasn't like men's department, women's department. It was like clothing department, extracurricular department. Like, like yeah, yeah. That I, I wrote for Donald the Dead that malls are, and in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, department stores are the face of consumerism. It's yeah. like it's the most consumerist. Right. Thing that you can have. One-stop shops are killing America. Yeah. So are millennials. Yeah. <laughs> Doing my part. <laughs> Shop at Amazon all the time. <laughs> we do not support the bad business practices that Amazon does. We do not support the way that they treat their workers, just as a heads up. I don't support them morally, but I'm I'm not going to lie. I do support them fiscally, and we I wish are, that I didn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Same. But... Where else well, am I going to get my things delivered by 10 p.m. the same day? I mean, we're recording this on an Amazon Basics microphone. <laughs> but it's a really good microphone. I really like it, and it's a wonderful Christmas present. Love you. Uh, yeah, okay. You have more differences, though, you said? Um, or you said that the, the similarities and differences you had I guess, were most of uh, differences. Human, in, in Miracle on 34th Street, you said this, indifference is the enemy. Yeah. It's kind of the the antagonist of the movie. While you have the shitty psychiatrist right. guy. He's merely the thing that sort and of you jumps understand us that off for that. The reason he's so defensive and upset is because Santa fucking called him. Oh, yeah. Clocked with, him a mile like, away. You know, he, he knows when he's been sleeping. He knows he, when he's he, awake. He knows when he's unhappy with his life at home. <clears throat> yep. And then the guy's like, I've been happily married for this many years. Santa walks out. His wife calls and he's like, he like yells at it, like he yells at his wife, and then yeah. hangs up. Like, it, or he gets visibly upset and yells and hangs yeah. up. And you're like, "You're not happily married. Don't, no, nope. don't, don't lie about that." Um, Fucking <clears throat> dick. I heard that in Dawn of the Dead, that zombies are are, I feel like not. Ultimately, the enemy is other humans. They kind yeah. of have everything set up pretty fucking perfectly. Yeah. Until other greedy humans fuck everything up again. Right. That that zombies are more of a force of nature than any kind of. They talk about it being a divine retribution type thing of like when there's no more room in hell, then right, the dead will right. walk again. But they're they're more a force of nature than they are the antagonist of the movie. Yeah, I think that ultimately they're, they're driven by yeah, instinct. They they are harmful for both the good and evil. Consumerism is harmful for everyone. 
Yeah. But when evil people manipulate consumerism, they can do more damage. It's it's when the bad guys come in and let all the zombies back in that the good guys have to flee. And then I mean, the bad guy guys dies. are obviously yeah. also harmed by the zombies, but they're not as... They don't care as much. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't think about that. That, yeah. Evil uses apathy to fight good versus apathy, which doesn't care about evil or good. Yeah. I wrote, humans are the real enemy. See Black Friday. <laughs> yes. Although, is it just me or does it feel like there was less bad news about Black Friday this year? Maybe there was, but also I don't I don't exist on the online circles that would have that kind of stuff pop up, I don't think. I kind of do, and I'm just okay. seeing videos from like years past. Like I don't like I remember like years when it was bad. It seems like it's less it's it, be, it has become as they've diffused it out over cr- also Thanksgiving evening. Right. And everything and else that it's become Cyber Monday and it's certainly become diffused from when I was remember being like a child and a teenager and hearing about people being trampled and right. shit like that. Now, obviously, I could just be missing it, but I feel like we're getting better. We're certainly not getting better when it comes to consumerism. No. But we are getting better when it comes to not trampling our own species to get to the TV. Yes. <laughs> Go us. Now we just order on Amazon and, and help we let slave Amazon empire. We let Amazon people trample <laughs> other people to get our packages here and our two-day delivery. That's why I don't use Prime. That's why? No, it's expensive. <laughs> I, I fucking knew it was going to be because it costs money. <laughs> I'm not going to spend money on it. Bullshit. 25 bucks and I'm, I get free shipping anyways. I don't, whatever I'm going to buy from Amazon Prime, if I wanted it, I, there, there's never an instance where I want it in less than an hour and like in between the time period of an hour and two days. You know, if I want it, I either don't care if it gets here for a week or I need it immediately. So one day delivery, that's, I don't give, I don't give a fuck. I don't need that. If it's yeah. one-day delivery, I'm just going to go to a movie trading company. I'm going to try and find the DVD there. If I can't find it there, it means I'm going to have to wait a week anyways. So I'll just wait a week, and I'll get it from Amazon that way. Huh. That's some pretty sound logic. Proactively lazy. Cheap, actually, I think <laughs> might be what we're going for here. I don't like spending a lot of money on certain things. I don't want to spend money to get something to me faster. But I will spend money on that thing. Lots of okay. it. I've, I've spent a lot of money on DVDs. Yeah. When you own a lot of DVDs. I do. I'm almost at a thousand. So. Here's a similarity. <laughs> In both movies, having a regular life makes you indifferent and soft. Yeah. That in Miracle on 34th Street, the reason that these people don't believe in Santa and that they are so concerned about buying the gifts and the the spirit of consumerism that they have instead of the spirit of Christmas is just because it's just life. Yeah. In in that case, it's just life. You go to work 40 hours a week if you're lucky. Yeah. Only 40 hours. And then you come home tired and Christmas time, you buy a bunch of gifts on a credit card and then you have it paid off by next Christmas so you can use it again. Like... Yeah, and that in Dawn of the Dead, once they they have their cushy life inside of the mall, they kind of that's when it goes a little when, bad for them. That's when it goes a little bad for them. Not even just when the bikers come, but like they start fighting, not fighting, but like arguing with each other. Yeah, and they they, which I guess is almost more of a point on. You can only worry about those things once you're. It's a it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right once. You're not worried about where you're going to get your next meal, and where is when you can start worrying about. DVDs. I don't like the way, where <laughs> I don't like the way this person's talking to me. Exactly. Or, at least in society, in a good way, these people don't have rights. We can fix that now. Yeah. That once. But, I don't know. I guess I think that's a, that's a similarity between it. Yeah. And that is no, that, for that, sure. That, that the the regular grind of life is it it can take its toll on you. Yeah. In Dawn of the Dead, I wrote it made them soft in that they they stopped being so concerned about external dangers. And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of external danger again. Yeah. But. All right. 
Well, I think we can move on to uh, questions. Mm-hmm. I have a couple. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't have a single question. All right. I, I kind of had one, and then I, did, I didn't have an answer for it, so I didn't... No, ask it, because I don't have an answer for one of them, but okay. I know that you do. So, what other quote-unquote Halloween and Christmas movie could you pair... Could you pair together? Okay. I was thinking, and I can't think of a zombie movie because I haven't seen that many uh-huh. that has like trying to de- specific. Really, it could be day. De- it could be Donald the Dead again and Home Alone. Okay, is how yeah. I would pair. I would pair it more on the defensive, on the idea of defending a home base, which yeah. they. I guess I would just do Donald the Dead again because yeah. they're defending the mall, like they kind of set up shop there, and then of course Kevin defending his home and Home Alone. Here's kind of an easy. Like a cheap answer. This isn't a good answer. Um, but Krampus, being both a Christmas movie and a horror movie, mm-hmm. is really more of a family drama. Like, you get this idea of this is what our history... Right. You get that this is the history of the of the family, but then the family themselves is, is just full of infighting. And they're shown that by not embracing the true spirit of Christmas, that's what is their downfall. Pair it with Midsummer, which is also... is not the family drama of the hmm. two. Hereditary is the family drama. Midsummer is not... But the respect for the holiday is what keeps, spoiler alert, if you don't want spoilers for Midsummer, stop listening for about three minutes. Um, but Midsummer, the the person that respects, that actually respects the holiday is the person that lives to the end. Everybody else that's sort of viewing it as sort of like cultural tourism or something like mm-hmm. that, they're the ones that end up getting killed. So hmm. both movies are interesting discussion we should, we should of kill people holiday. that don't believe in christmas exactly and i really <laughs> this isn't some sort of war on christmas bullshit no that's nonsense because i'm not necessarily talking about the religious christmas i'm talking about the secular christmas here well, and santa. Will always santa is a great person and santa brings presents to everybody it doesn't matter if you're a person that that believes in christmas mm-hmm. you just have to be a good boy or girl as long as you're as long as you're out here trying your best santa's gonna be like look you're doing pretty all right. Everybody's got room for improvement. Even Santa does. Should he have hit that psychologist? Maybe not. No. But did he also deserve that? Oh, absolutely. He did. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I liked that question, though. I'm going to think more about it uh, and then not answer it on air because I have to go look at my DVDs to do it. Here's the question for you that has no answer for me. Tell me about your views... Tell me and our viewers how you feel about zombie media. I just think that maybe zombies are pretty played. Uh, yes, it, <laughs> there is a certain point in my my primary media consumption. I will say is not movies; it is video games. Sure, sure, sure. Um, where every everyone and their fucking grandma was like, "Check out this new zombie survival horror game." <laughs> it's online, massively multiplayer. And there's zombies in it, but you right. have to be careful because it, it's a survival game. You have to be careful of your shelter and your... I like Minecraft, and I think, sure. in a way, Minecraft is a zombie survival game. I mean, it is, game. but it's not just zombies, which is convenient, I guess. It's also skeletons <laughs> and spiders. Exploding things. And the zombies now are themed to the region that you live in, and, which is neat. And that was... Underwater the, zombies. And that was in the early, earliest part of yeah. this craze. Is there a um, game like that that you do like? Like a zombie survival yeah, game? Yeah, like did you play, did you like the first Left 4 Dead? I like the Left 4 Dead games. And the, because they're not so much survival games as like just, I mean, there's a, they're, yeah. they're, they're first person shooters. Yeah. You're killing a lot, you get to kill a lot of zombies. You don't ever give a fuck about Call huh. of Duty zombies. Don't care at all about Call of Duty zombies. I don't, I played the Black Ops zombie. Was that the first one I had zombies in it? I don't know. That's how long one of the One of the first ones. I played some with my brother, and that's it. I've never... I understand it's a big thing. Multiplayer, team deathmatch, or free-for-all. That's all I ever do on a Call of Duty game. Because I'm a bro, I, I just, go hard. I just, I just play the campaign. Nah, screw that. <laughs> and that's Story? all I do. No, World War II? <laughs> Who gives a buck about World War II? That shit happened in the past. That's old news. Old news. <laughs> I mean, I give a fuck about World War so II. So I just, I I just don't... I've never been big on zombie media. That would segue into a question that I don't have written down, but one that I wanted to ask and we haven't yet. 
Tell me what you thought about these two movies. How did you did you like these movies? I liked, I liked both of these movies. Okay. Dawn of the Dead took probably an hour of the movie before I decided that that you liked it. That even that I that I wanted to finish it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you decided <laughs> not, not you wanted that, to not, finish it. Not that in the beginning, like I didn't want to. I was just right. I was just confused. Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on. Well, it was a tumultuous start to it as well. Because we yeah, had no, to find the, the version this, that actually played. That's true. And... No, what I mean, like just the start of the actual movie was just tumultuous until, as the movie as a whole, I like. Mm-hmm. Now I can say I definitively after I, that I I did really like that movie. Just watch another Living Dead for reals now. But after watching, but up until an hour, I did not come to that conclusion. Okay. I was just like I. I don't see the point yeah. of what's going on here. What's going on? Who are these characters? I don't care about them yet. Yeah. Until eventually, I did, of course, care about them. But it's kind of a slow burn movie. But I think that it's. I think that that burn pays off. Yes, I would agree with that. So it's a slow burn, but you you get a good amount of heat from that burn. Yeah. Set you right on fire. You... I don't want to set the world on fire. <laughs> I didn't start the fire. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red, China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter Winchell, Joe DiMaggio. I know all the words. Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Suda, Baker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Marilyn Monroe. I don't sing very well, and I've sung two songs so far on this podcast. What this episode? Of, this episode, yes. Uh, what did you think of Miracle on 34th Street? I can't I, wait to talk about I this one. I really liked Miracle on 34th Street. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It's, it'll, it is now... A favorite Christmas, not the favorite, not no. my favorite no, Christmas movie, not. but a a favorite Christmas movie. I'm glad it's in, in it's in the upper echelon with A Christmas Story and Home Alone, wow. and Star Wars. Yes, Natch. I would like to point out that up until when did we watch that last two weeks ago? Up mm-hmm. until two weeks ago, when we watched that, I considered our podcast a success when you sent me. The review from the Amazon of Master and Commander because you said you were going to buy Master and Commander. And I thought, wow, I've made this guy increase his DVDs. (laughs) I have now, we have now beaten that by the fact that you teared up at Miracle on 34th Street. When the Dutch girl was... It's such a sweet scene. It's it's really good. I cry every time and now I feel vindicated. (laughs) So the next time my family says, hey, you want to see, you want to see Bill cry like a little baby? Sean Miracle on 34th Street, like, Tyler did it too. (laughs) Tyler's going to cry too. (laughs) Yeah. I love that movie. I'm glad that you liked it. Well, actually, my next question was going to be more about that. You already said that your favorite Christmas movies are Christmas Story, Home Alone, Mm. Star Wars, this. Other Christmas movies you think are uh, important or iconic that people, that are... Our viewers should be while, to. while I liked it, I understand some people don't. I also really liked It's a Wonderful Life. I like. It's I a feel like life. even if you don't a lot like it, it I think it's it's important to see. Yeah, at least once. I've only seen it once, and I think it's important to see at least once because it it is just an iconic Christmas movie. Yeah. Um. It's not. I don't. Oh, the animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas is, okay. is also. Very up there in the, like the original, like the, yeah. the 60s, 70s animated. With uh, Tony the Tiger doing the singing. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, not the Jim Carrey one. And I, I do, I would throw in a vote, though, for the Jim Carrey one. I think that that's a, it's a s- modern, if you can have this, a modern classic. Do you not agree? <laughs> I disagree strongly, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Okay, okay. I don't know why I don't like... I'm usually a person that loves a new adaptation of yeah. the thing, or just an adaptation in general, but I really, really like the cartoon one. I mean, I love the cartoon one, don't get me so wrong. So much but... more than I like the Jim Carrey one. Okay. How do you feel about Elf? Oh, Elf is very good. I've also another only seen Elf classic. a handful of times. And then, of course, you have like Christmas Vacation Yeah, is another classic. I do like Christmas Vacation. That's the, Those are the two that Alamo Drafthouse I've seen tends it to show. Probably twice. Christmas Vacation? Yes. And yeah. I understand that that's a very low number for a large number of people. I feel like that's not a movie that you tend to see just once. Yeah. And I, I've seen it like, one, like yeah. once and, and a half. Ostensibly once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, of your family. We and have it here like in this house. It was like last year or the feel, year before feel that. Feel free. So. <laughs> but I know all the quotes and stuff I mean, from it. it. Yeah, I well, that's the thing. It's, a, it's it. a delightfully quotable movie. Uh, 
Oh, here's another question. It's the last one. We're going to skip a couple of them because we're we're already a little bit over than our, our regular time. But we also goofed around a little bit at the beginning. Uh, our family as it stands. Mm-hmm. The Mike Sells and extended family. You, Amanda, Devin, uh, both co-tagonists. Um, take part in a Christmas gift exchange. We do. A drink gift exchange where we all buy somebody else yes. a drink. Can you tell me who you have? <laughs> I can't. For the Christmas. I mean, I feel like you could and you're just being difficult. I, 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 no, I honestly can't tell you. I feel like you can. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You could tell me. I'll tell you who I have. <laughs> I won't. I will. I swear to God I will. <laughs> I will do it right now. I will do it on air, even though it would be amoral to do it. I will tell you who I have if you tell me who you have. I can't tell you who I have. Is it because you have me? Maybe. Is it because <laughs> who you have listens to this podcast? Yes. I can say that that's okay. That's so a it's true not. Statement. It's not. You listen when you, when you edit it, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and they listen sure, to it Sure, then as the well. person that, that I have listens Wait, to the me? podcast. Is it me? Are you lying? Because last year you told me it was somebody else. I don't know why I'm talking about this. We're trying to do a podcast here, and you guys don't care about our stupid bullshit. Anyways, do you have anything else to say about these movies? Do you have anything else to say about the drink exchange? I'm not going to tell you on air. <laughs> this is what you guys no, get for lying to me last year. No, I... I think that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I, I have just to. have an apology for my coughing because I had the flu last week. You're doing great, though. So I appreciate it. I apologize for the fact that the air conditioning isn't on, so you guys could hear all my heavy breathing. <laughs> so I forgot my nasal spray, and so I'm I'm not I'm heavy breathing again. Anyways, uh, oh, this is coming out tomorrow, uh, and if you're listening to it, why the fuck are you not watching Star Wars? Star Wars. So go do that. Uh, fun fact: I think I may have gotten some spoilers. From the comic book pages without context Facebook page. Really, of all so places. So try to avoid I, that. I Two screenshots. definitely did not read all the leaks. Did you read all the leaks? A lot of them. I I tried very hard <laughs> to avoid I the leaks. Really, I don't. I didn't want that in my heart. I really like spoiling things for myself. So. I don't mind, except for I used to not mind, except for for two things, and then Game of Thrones started to suck. So I really only mind for one thing. Do not give me a spoiler about a Star War. Unless the people whom I trust say it's something I need to know. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, with that, uh, happy holidays. Hashtag war on Christmas. Enjoy your winter. Enjoy your winter solstice. Yeah. Ring out these solstice bells. Rings out for Harambe. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And uh, keep watching movies and... Stay curious yeah, and, uh, and Merry Christmas and we love and you. And we love you.